Well, hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the Players to be Named Later podcast. I'm Ed, that's Dan, and before I let Dan say hi, congratulations Dan, this is the best week you've ever had. You went 11-2 and two on your picks. Should have went 14-0, and oh. this is bullshit. Yeah, 14-0 and oh for a week that had 13 games. Yes. That, that, that Maryland education system is really working out for you. It's 7 o'clock in the morning, cut me some slack. Anyway, we got a lot of stuff to cover, so let's kick it off straight away, and let's talk about Thursday night. We recorded during this game. We got our picks in early, but the Philadelphia Eagles, well, they stay undefeated. They are 8-0 with a 29-17 victory over the Houston Texans. Not a lot to talk about here other than the fact that Philly is who we thought they were. This game was a one-score game going into – or actually, it was tied at halftime as the Texans tied it with 37 seconds left, and then Philadelphia took the game over. Oh, we know. Yeah, no, so so we know that Thursday night games have been fairly bad through the course of history. Um, all, all you had to do was listen to Al Michaels do any commentary. <laughs> I, I'm really starting to wonder about this Philly team, though. Like, are they as good as we thought they were? I mean, if we look at their schedule here, they've played the Vikings, who was a solid team. The sure. Cowboys, and sure. that's it. I mean, their other matchups were the Lions, the Commanders, Jags, Cardinals, Steelers, and Texans. They have a pretty easy schedule when you look at it moving forward, too. They got the Commanders. I mean, just look at their next three games, Commanders, Dude, Colts, Packers. Do you expect them to lose one of those? You can't fault the team for the schedule that they play. It's not like they create the schedule. And are they that good? I don't know. They kind of played down this week. This was a four-point game going into the fourth quarter. And it very easily could have been a lot closer. I mean, they, they, yeah, I really want to be able to talk. Damian Pierce, 27 for 139 on the ground. but The kid's uh, good. I've told you this. That's the, not the, the only bright spot. I was going to say, the Philadelphia defense did not stop the run. And Jalen Hurts... Uh, I mean, Jalen Hurts did well. 21 for 27, 243 with two TDs. Was sacked four times, but only lost 26 yards. A few of those sacks were right at the line. Um, you have Dallas Goddard, eight for 100 and a score. A.J. Brown picked up a score on four catches for 59 yards. Miles Sanders, 17 for 93 and a score. Kenneth Gainwell, four for 22 and a score. This team's not bad. Jalen Hurts did fumble twice, and he lost one. And that Philly defense did pick off Davis Mills twice. So there's that too. And don't get me wrong. I don't think that this Philly team is bad, but I just wonder, are they, for me personally, I thought they were at least head and shoulders above the rest of the NFC. And I may have to start winding back from that just based off their strength of schedule. Because I may not actually know. I'm picking them the rest of the year until they prove me wrong. And, but that's, I mean, you I think you're safe the next three weeks. That's done me bad in the past. Uh, let's move along. Let's talk about the chargers and the Falcons. This one was at the Mercedes Benz stadium in Atlanta. Yeah. This is the, what do we call this one? The Chinese food takeout box. Uh, yes. Uh, who knows? Uh, this one was actually really close 20 to 17. And it was a Cameron Decker game winning 37-yard field goal with nuts on the clock that gave this one to the Chargers. And we have some stuff about 
this one. Austin Eckler became the fourth player, the fourth undrafted player with three plus seasons of three or I'm sorry, of 10 or more touchdowns. Can you name any one of the other three? No, I'm not. One of them is a former Raven. I'm not even going to attempt. Priest Holmes, Antonio Gates and Arian Foster. So potentially three Hall of Famers there, too. Two Chargers there, too. Yeah. Something about the Chargers finding undrafted free agents kind of works. Justin Herbert did not have a good game. 20, or I'm sorry, 30 for 43, 245 a TD and a pick. He did add just three yards on the ground. Uh, Austin Eckler, 14 for 47 and a score on the ground. Seven for 24 and a score through the air. He also lost the fumble as Herbert did not push the football down the field at all. You kind of got to wonder if maybe that injury is still lingering a little bit more. Josh Palmer, eight catches, 106 yards. I mean, I, th- I, th- I think you just said the reason why Herbert may not have looked good. Josh Palmer was his number one, re- his number one receiver. There was no Keenan Allen. There was no, no there was no Mike Williams. Um, they were out, I believe, two or three of their starting receivers. Yeah, but I mean, they they still won this game. Atlanta, sh- Atlanta. I really feel like should have won this game. And I think Atlanta is still fighting for this division because they have the the Tampa Brady Gronkineers, as I like to call them still. Um, but there's no Gronk anymore, so maybe I got to go back to the Tampa Brady well, Buccaneers. The only there's only one division that is thoroughly wrapped up, and we're going to talk about that one here in a minute. As as you said, the Atlanta falls to four and five. They are down the tiebreaker to Tampa, who currently is winning that division. And the Chargers improve to five and three. The Chargers do have, I believe, let's see, where are the Chargers at this week? They are on Sunday night football against San Francisco in Levi Stadium. So that's going to be a good test for them. That's going to be home. a good game in general. Yeah. Uh, let's move it along and let's talk about another good game. The Miami Dolphins improved to six and three as the three and six bears fall in soldier field. Have you seen the the new draw, the prints for the new stadium for Chicago? I have not. It's it's, it looks amazing as all prints do, but the bears not playing in soldier field is, It'd be like the Packers not playing in Lambeau. It's it's travesty. Uh, you had something to say, please. The floor is yours. Uh, okay. I may have been wrong about Justin Fields. I, in fact, I'm glad you brought him up. Is he the most improved player this year? He's the most improved player from the beginning of this season. Okay, I'll count it. Uh, he is the first player with a 100 or with. 150 yards rushing and three plus passing touchdowns in a game. He also rushed for the most yards by a quarterback in the Super Bowl era, 178, beating out Michael Vick's record of 173. So he had himself a big game, and it was lo- he got a lot of those yards on a 61-yard rush. They converted the two-point conversion to make this a three-point game. The Dolphins went down and scored to make it a 10-point game. Then Cole Komet caught a pass from Fields with 11.38 remaining in the fourth quarter to make it 35-32, and that was the final score of the game. Very good game. Um, I watched this one. It was extremely good. 
uh, this Miami offense may be the best in the league. Um, I don't know if I'm going out on a limb by saying that, but I'll argue that with anybody. You have the top wide receiver duo in there. Jeff Wilson Jr. is going to make an impact. Um, he already did. He already caught one touchdown ball. And on the other side of the ball, man, Fields looks good. Cole Komet looks viable again in fantasy. And Darnell Mooney finally starting to catch the ball. Maybe Fields is just starting to – maybe he just needed time to get his feet underneath of him. I'm not quite sure. A year and a half, though. But, I mean, he's looked good. And you know what? He's going to look good again this week against that against that uh, that D- Detroit defense. Well, just a, a little fun fact to point out here. Both teams in the last eight minutes went for it on fourth down and did not convert. The Dolphins were at the Chicago 14-yard line with fourth and one, and they failed on an incomplete pass. And then with 129 left on fourth and 10 from their own 42, Fields failed to find Equinemius St. Brown. And that was the game. Three kneels later, and the Dolphins took this one home. You got anything else for this one there, big guy? It'll be interesting to see how much more Claypool gets um, brought into the offense getting six targets his first week there. Um, To me, that's a, to me, that's a big, that's a big impact. um, When you really think about it and for an offense that doesn't throw much, they only threw the ball 28 times and he had six of the targets. So I guess they brought him in to do that. And they just kind of got to get that rapport going. And on the other side of the ball, Jeff Wilson, Jeff Wilson Jr. Basically led the backfield. He has, he split carries with Raheem Moster. But he did end up with an additional, what, three targets with three catches for 21 and a, and a score. So um, we see these trading players have impact. There's one more that I can't wait to talk about that got traded that had a huge impact. Well, let's talk about some of the stats before we put this one to bed. Tua, 21 for 33, 02, three scores. Most importantly, he was not sacked. He did rush five times for zero yards, though, and a few of those were negative yardages. So there you have it. And Tyreek Hill, seven catches, one 43 and a score. Jalen Waddle, five catches, 85 and a score. Justin Field, 17 for 28, 123, three touchdowns, two sacks, 15 for 178 on the ground, including a score. That was pretty much it for the Bears offense, although Cole Komet did have five catches, 41 yards and a score. Coming up, you said the Bears have Detroit this week and Miami. Oh, I'm not looking through this. We're, uh, Miami is hosting Cleveland and I'm... I'm ready to get hurt again. Let's move along. Let's talk about the Carolina Panthers falling to Joe Mixon. 42-21 as Joe Mixon had a half among halves. Uh, He is, I believe, the fourth player to have three plus rushing touchdowns and one receiving touchdown in a half. Joining, you know, like Jim Brown. You know, it it is what it is. Uh, This game... Joe Mixon made it 35 to nothing at halftime. He out, he it that was the score. It was 35 to nothing at halftime. His 12-yard catch from Joe Burrow with four seconds left made it 35 to nothing. Uh, he outgained Carolina by over 100 yards in the first half. Yeah, like, it was absolutely insane. insane. I mean, it got so bad that. Baker started playing quarterback again. Well, that was going to be my next question. Sam Darnold's coming off the IR. Baker had the best game he's had as a Carolina Panther, including a couple of touchdowns. Do you give Baker another start? Because, I mean, it's obvious. So I think Walker, I think Walker, 
I think Walker does start this week because they're coming off a short week. They they, they, they play they play tonight actually. Um, Three I think, of ten for nine yards and two interceptions. Look at what he did the week before that though. Like okay, he had a bad game. I mean, I get what you're saying. I think look, I think Walker starts tonight. I don't know if he finishes the game, but I think if I think Darnold gets a shot if Walker has another terrible game. But I, I think. Baker would back him up tonight, and Darnold gets a shot later down the road. Well, both teams had their backup quarterback throw the football as Brandon Allen got three for three for 22 yards and a sack. But this Joe Burrow, 22 for 28, 206 and a score. But this was entirely Joe Mixon's football game. 22 rushes, 153 yards, four touchdowns, four catches, 58 yards and a touchdown. If you had Joe Mixon on your fantasy team, congratulations, you won this week. I mean, I will say, though, T. Higgins' production really wasn't that bad, even with the performance that Mixon put up, 7 for 60. I mean, I'll, Yeah, but it's still overshadowed when a guy has 200-plus oh, yeah. yards. On the other side of the ball, DJ Moore put up a goose egg. Uh, I've been raving about this kid, Terrence Marshall Jr., for I don't know how long. He went 3 for 53 and a touchdown. I expect that to continue. Dante Foreman had a terrible game. Let's talk about a team that is, I hope, not going to continue this way. The Green Bay Packers went into Detroit's Ford Field and screwed up. They fell to the 2-6 and six Lions, 15-9. to nine. Yeah. I'll let you talk about this. It was bad. Although... I mean, if you if you're a Packers fan, this is the most passing yards Aaron Rodgers had all season. He went 23 for 43, 291, one TD, three interceptions. He added 40 yards on the ground. And once again, if Aaron Rodgers is your leading rusher in Green Bay, there's a problem. Alan Lazard, 10 targets, only four catches, 87 yards. He did have a touchdown. Aaron Rodgers threw two red zone interceptions for the first time in his career. And the first time a Packers quarterback has done that since Brett Favre did it against Minnesota in 2006. This was terrible. And if this is the Packers offense, Aaron Rodgers is going to look good in Minnesota. He's got to follow Brett Favre. (laughs) Um, I think Aaron Rodgers is becoming the problem. He has nobody to throw to, dude. I mean, he also threw the ball short to Batiari in the end zone on that little trick play. Um, the yeah, inter- but... the other inter- one of the other interceptions. I'll say one of the interceptions wasn't his fault, but the other interception that one of Kirby's interceptions was just terrible. Like it was just terribly thrown. Like you throw the ball off a helmet. He he made one. They made one decent play on a pick. I mean, you 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 know you only have a certain amount of targets. A certain amount of decent targets, right? You you have to be a little bit smarter with the ball. He just didn't. He did not play smart this game. I mean, I will also give him the the credit that Aaron Jones went down, Romeo Romeo Dobbs went down, Christian Watson went down. So three key offensive players there. They definitely did go down, and I know that hurts. Um, well, you want to talk about being smart with the football? Two oh six remaining. I'm sorry. Yeah, two oh six remaining. It's fourth and three. From the Green Bay 45. You're up by one score. Fourth and three from the Green Bay 43-yard line. 2.06 remaining. Do you go for it? Do you punt it? You go for it. 
you put it. You put a, you put Aaron Rodgers with that anemic offense inside the five. And I don't care. It's still like Aaron Rodgers. It's still Aaron Rodgers. Let me guess. Dan Campbell went for it. Off, yeah, incomplete pass to Amon Ross St. Brown. And I mean, I would have went for had, it too. The Packers got the football at, at the two-minute warning on their own 43-yard line and got it down to the Detroit 17. Yeah, but I mean, what they needed, they needed a touchdown, right? So I mean, that that that's still a long way to go for that offense. I mean, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, it, it's a bad it is, call. It is still Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it's still Aaron Rodgers. Make him go 90 yards instead of 60. We'll agree to disagree on this one. Let's move along to a game where I believe we disagreed on. Nope, we both. Hold on. Um. Yeah, we disagreed on this, and I was right, and you were wrong. So actually, you were ten and three this week, because yeah. I picked Jacksonville, and you picked the Raiders, and Jacksonville was oh, victorious right. with a twenty-seven to twenty victory in TIAA Bank Stadium in sunny Florida. Derek Carr. Is it time to pull the plug on Derek Carr? I don't think so. There's a lot of people on Twitter calling for it, though. 21 for 36, 259, two scores, sacked twice. Josh Jacobs, 17 for 67 on the ground, three for 20 through the air. Not a bad day overall, but he did not look good most of it. How about Devontae Adams getting force-fed the football? 17 targets, 10 catches, 146 yards, and two scores. You I, mean, I, feel him... like you, you, I feel like you have to do this. Oh, yeah, you brought him in to do that, but... Good God, 17 targets for one receiver. On the other side of the football, Trevor Lawrence had himself his best game as a Jacksonville Jaguar. 25 for 31, 235, and a score. No sacks, which is big for a for that young quarterback who has had some fumbling problems, and he did lose a fumble this week. He also added 53 yards on the ground. Travis Etienne, 28 for 109 and two touchdowns. He added two catches for 17 yards. Christian Kirk, eight catches, 76 yards. He had himself a day as he also found the end zone as well. I got a few notes, but before we get there, what you got? Uh, this Raiders offense looks terrible without uh, Darren Waller. Hopefully Darren Waller gets back soon. Uh, Derek Carr really didn't play that bad. They just kind of got outplayed. And I mean, ETN run up getting 28 touches in the backfield and then another what? Two receptions two. on two targets. Yeah, so like 30, 30, 30 touches. 30 that's... total touches. I mean, I guess that's what you got to do. You got to put the ball in your playmaker's hands. That's what they drafted him high for last year. And then he had that devastating injury. And they paid Christian Kirk to be a number one receiver. And, well, that was that's number one receiver-esque type numbers. Nine targets. Nine, nine, nine for eight, 70, 76 in a score. You ready for this stat right here? This is the third... 17 point lead or more blown by the Raiders this season. I know your your team is familiar with you know. Uh, yeah, I feel blown leads. I, I'm okay with our double digit with our double digit leads now. This is the third time they have blown a 17 point lead or more. In the previous 62 years of this franchise, they did it five total times, and they've done it three this year. Al Davis is spinning in his grave. Uh how much longer is is McDaniel's the head coach, right? If they lose to Indy this week, he's got to be gone, right? Like he's next on the hot seat. Uh, we're going to find out. And let's talk about those Indianapolis Colts as they have a new head coach as right. They should as Frank Reich is out after a three, five and one start to the season as they fall to the new England Patriots, 
26 to three and boy oh boy they, that game wasn't that close uh no it wasn't that close i mean this game was a literal blowout but it's also belichick against the rookie quarterback i mean i feel like you kind of see this coming when it comes to bill against rookie quarterbacks to be completely honest i don't care who it is um he does very well against them I don't know if Sam Ellinger is the answer here. Jeff Saturday said that he is going to be the starting quarterback. Um, I don't know if that's going to continue moving forward. But, I mean, there's really nothing to even talk about on the offensive side of the ball for Indy. It was so bad. Mac Jones oh, that, looked, there's, there's a stat to talk about. There's a stat to talk about. But go ahead. Mac Jones looks solid. Um, as a but, game manager, sure. Uh, yeah, exactly. As a game manager, um, Ramon J. Stevenson had a, had a great game. I mean, that's really the only bright spot in this game. I mean, 15 for 60 on the ground, three for 10, and a score through the air. At 70 total yards on, what, 18 touches, and they threw to him four more times that he didn't catch. Um, I mean, I guess I'm looking at it from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, I mean, he had an all right game, but the stats definitely don't. From wow, a fantasy you. perspective, what's that? Uh, the, 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 uh, I mean, that's a it's a good amount game. of points. Yeah, I mean, it it it's good. He had a, he had a good game from a fantasy perspective, but if you look at the stats, nah. Um, there was also, I mean, I don't even Elling, Elling, Ellinger is not the answer. Nine, uh, fifteen for twenty nine, one hundred three, and a pick. He, but that happens when you're sacked nine times. So credit the New England defense on that. Ellinger was also the leading rusher for Indianapolis. Five catches, 39 yards. The leading receiver for Indy. Are you ready for this? It was Alec Pierce. One catch, 23 yards. Yeah, it was bad. That's abysmal. Um, um, go on, go on, go on. This, uh, the, the sacks, like, he just, I endured watching this game as I was working. Uh, don't ask me why. but. The sacks that he was taking, he has to learn to get rid of that ball to well, not it, lose the yardage. I mean, nine for 60 is insane. Or maybe that New England defense is that good? I mean, no, no, don't get me wrong. Right. The New England defense isn't that good. But when you factor in the sack yards, Indianapolis didn't even have 100 total yards of offense. Yeah. yeah or No, I lied. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. They had 100 and like 20-some. Well... Yeah, total yards, 121. <laughs> so you have that. Um, an interesting thing about Indianapolis, this is the fewest yards of total offense they've had since before they drafted Peyton Manning in week three, 1997. They were also 0 for 14 on third down. That might be a league-wide. It, it's, the, it's the worst this season. And Jeff Saturday, their new coach, who took over and was named, I believe, yesterday. Two days ago, I think. Well, no, it was yesterday because it was five minutes before he was scheduled to be on SportsCenter as an analyst. They pulled him out of the makeup chair to keep him from going on TV because he was named the new head coach of the Colts. The last time he was a coach was last year. He was three and seven as a high school coach. That's the only time he was a coach. So, I mean, it seemed like the uh, the owner of the Colts, Jim Irsay, was pretty confident in his choice. Kind of feel a little bad for Frank Reich. I mean, he doesn't have a lot to work with there. It reminds I, mean, me of, I completely it, disagree. It reminds me of what Casey Stangle said when he was the coach of the Mets. 
It's amazing how smart I was on the other side of town and how dumb I am over here. Of course, referring to him being the coach of the Yankees and winning all those titles. Uh, neither of these teams are going to win a title this year. New England's got delusions of grandeur, but they're a wild card team at best. We'll get to the standings about them here. I mean, I in completely disagree with you about Frank Reiter. I can't just let that go. He's gone through, what, three quarterbacks in three seasons? You had Wentz. You had... Um, Carson Wentz Matt was not going to be the answer there, and Matt Ryan was not going to be the answer. And there. who was the quarterback the year before Wentz? It uh, doesn't matter. But, I mean, as you can see, like, uh, he, he's played quarterback circus, didn't get an offense established. He did it to himself. Uh, enjoy your $200,000 a week to sit home for the next, like, 26 weeks or whatever it is. Yeah, you got to have the horses to pull the wagons, buddy, or else you're cattle driving going nowhere. Let's Speaking of cattle, let's talk about the Buffalo Bills who fell to the New York Jets. 20 to 17. The Jets are now six and three. As I believe they have their bye week this week, do they not? They do. They do. As they so, go into the they go into the bye week with a lot of momentum. They could be tied for first in the division this week if Minnesota takes care of Buffalo. And also Josh Allen might not play. So he is I mean it, the play he hurt his elbow on. You could tell he hurt his elbow on and a UCL for a quarterback. That's almost a death knell. Have you seen this thing on Twitter about this guy who before the season, like he tweeted it out, he flipped a coin for each one of the, yeah, he's nine. And he's predicted every game right so far. I just think that's the funniest thing ever. I mean, it just goes to show you just how random the NFL is. And you got to give props to Greg Zerline, the embattled kicker who's been, kicked out of at least two different cities for missing close field goals, nailed a 28-yarder with 143 left that proved to be the game winner, and then some nefarity happened at the end of the game. You had Josh Allen, of course, get hurt. He And Buffalo got the football with 143 left after a touchback. Complete, they get a, they get a completion to Stephon Diggs, except there's a holding call, so you move him back 10. And then you get Gabe Davis, who gets second and two. They get almost all that yardage back. And then Josh Allen gets sacked, fumbles the football, hurts his elbow. Great play by the offensive lineman to recover this pass, or to recover the fumble, I guess. And then another incompletion to Diggs, making it third and 21. And then just you could tell his arm was hurting. As he missed Gabe Davis, on the fourth and 21, Buffalo is in trouble if Josh Allen doesn't play. Case Cornum is a comparable quarterback. Um, no, uh, maybe comparable is not the right word. He is a competent, is what I meant to say. He is a competent quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, he can at least I'm do. I'm sorry, what name did you say again? Case Keenum. Say that again. Case Keenum is a competent quarterback. He is. He's competent enough to run the offense. He did not play bad when he was in Minnesota. What about when he was in Cleveland? Because he didn't play good here. Uh, I mean, it's Cleveland. No, it's true. Um, Josh Allen, 18 for 34, 205, two interceptions. He added 86 yards and two scores on the ground. He did fumble the football twice. He was the leading rusher for Buffalo, given the fact that Devin Singletary, 8 for 24, and James Cook, 4 for 15. Uh, Stephon Diggs, 10 targets, only five catches. He did have 93 yards, though. Zach Wilson, 18 for 25, 154, one TD. He did just enough. He added 24 yards on the ground. Michael Carter, 12 for 76 and a score and a catch for 10 yards. 
through the air. And Garrett Wilson, eight catches, 92 yards. Go ahead with what you were saying. Um, I guess what I'll say is because you said he did not do well in Cleveland. The other thing is, too, is the offense, the coaching staff makes a difference and also the offensive weapon makes a difference. Right. You can kind of tailor this this playbook to Case Keenum to do a little thinking dumps and and let guys like Gabe Davis, who has that breakaway speed set up play. Same thing with Stefan Diggs. So I think he I mean, he's no Josh Allen. Don't get me wrong. I don't expect them to blow teams out the way they could with Josh Allen, but I do think that he can manage this to where if Allen's not going to be out for the rest of the season, they can get through this little wave here um, and <laughs> still win the division. And, and if Allen's back for the playoffs, then that Buffalo team is looking fine in my in my book. They, I don't think they can win a Super Bowl with him. I'll say that. We're both baseball guys, a UCL injury. Quarterbacks can't throw a curveball to save their arm. They can't throw a knuckleball to save their arm. They have to have the heat and not, oof, that's rough. Uh, one thing to point out, there are three quarterbacks who have a winning percentage of, well, have, how do I want to word this? Have a winning percentage below 30% in one score games. Can you name them? The active quarterbacks right now. Can you name the three quarterbacks that have a 30% winning percentage or below in one score games. Jared Goff. No. Uh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen's one. He is two and seven in one score games. Uh, the other two are Justin Fields and Davis Mills. Okay. One of these things is not like the others. Let's move along as Buffalo will. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Oh, Davis Mills don't deserve to be in that conversation. Neither does Justin Fields. I'm sorry. Josh Allen doesn't deserve to be in the conversation with those two. Buffalo will host Minnesota as the Jets get a week off. Speaking of the Minnesota Vikings, they take a 20 to 17 victory on the road in FedEx Field. They improved to seven and one. Well, I got some notes on them as the commanders fall to four and five. This was a come from behind victory for Minnesota with 1046 remaining. Greg Joseph made this a seven point game. I'm sorry. With 1412 remaining in the fourth quarter, Dax. Um, Milne, I guess, uh, caught a seven yard or six yard pass from Tyler Henneke to make this a 17 to seven ball game. And then what 13 unanswered points came from Minnesota, a 25 yard field goal from Greg Joseph with 1046 remaining. Dalvin cook caught a 12 yard pass from Kirk cousins. Do you like that? Do you <laughs> like that to tie the football game with 746 remaining. And then Joseph added a 28 yard field goal with 12 seconds left as cousins did what he needed to do. Started on his own 46 yard line with 612 left and ran six minutes off the clock to kick the game winning field goal. And that was that this was a, a, we had a lot of good games, a lot of one score games this week, Dan. We did have a lot of good games. The only thing that I'll say here is um, I was expecting Kirk Cousins to really go blow the Washington out considering that's where he played. And they, he got that big contract from Minnesota moving forward. It's just one of those things like, uh, so Hawkinson is the guy I want to talk about. They just traded for Hawkinson, the interdivisional trade that nobody saw coming. It is very rare that you see a player come in the 
same week they get traded and go nine for nine with 70 yards at that. Nine targets, nine receptions. The nine targets itself is is pretty amazing when you think about it, for him to just get integrated into that offense that quickly. Yeah, I mean, the for one, the fact that it was interdivisional is ridiculous. And for two, there's not much difference between the Lions and the Vikings offensive playbook. But see, this is one thing. I mean, I guess it's a hockey thing, but you never trade in your division because that gives the other team a lot of intel on exactly how you do things. Now, granted, in the game of tape and and spies and everything else, there's not a lot of secrets being kept, but still. Tyler Henke, go ahead. In the game of the Detroit Lions against the Minnesota Vikings this season, there's probably not much to tell either. Yeah, let's I I mean I got nothing else with this one. We can go over the stats, but Kirk Cousins 20 for 40, 265 a TD and a pick. Not a lot of rushing. Dalvin Cook was on, held up 47 yards, but what 3 yards a carry if that. Um although Justin Jefferson 13 targets, 7 catches, 115 and a score. Uh Tyler Henneke, 18 for 28, 149, 2 TDs and a pick. He was sacked 3 times. Leading rusher was Brian Robinson Jr. for Washington. And the leading receiver was Curtis Samuel, three catches, 65 yards, and a score. That's about all I have for this one. You got anything else? No, I don't really have much. It'll be interesting to see this Buffalo, this Buffalo Minnesota game if um if Allen can play. Let's move along. Let's go out west as the Seattle Seahawks are six and three. Surely that Geno Smith can't be for real and take this team to the playoffs. I mean, that's what we said in the beginning of the season, and we both are wrong. Because Geno uh, Smith, we are very real. wrong. Geno looks like the Geno Smith that the Jets wanted to have. Twenty-six for thirty-four, two seventy-five, two TDs, and a pick. He was sacked twice. He had a thirty-eight yards on the ground. Kenneth Walker the third, twenty-six for one hundred nine and two scores, three for twenty through the air. Noah Fant, five catches, ninety-six yards, and Tyler Lockett, five for sixty-seven and a score. Kyler Murray, twenty-five for thirty-five, one seventy-five, two scores. As, are they babying him? It doesn't seem like that he's got free reign on that offense this year. He added 60 yards on the ground on eight attempts. He was the leading rushers. James Connor was held to seven rushes for 45 yards. Although Connor did have five catches for 19. Rondale Moore was leading receiver for Arizona, eight catches, 69 yards, give touchdowns to Zach Ertz, five catches, 40 yards and Deandre Hopkins, four catches, 36 yards and a score. That's disappointing. Kind of a disappointment this year. I was just getting ready to say that. Uh, I mean, this, you can't say this year. He's only played, what, three games in the first two games he blew up? I mean... This is just a disappointing game from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, sure. This was a one-score game with about 2.15 left in the contest. Zach Ertz caught a six-yard pass from Kyler Murray to make it a 24-21 lead, but Kenneth Walker from five yards out just on the good side of the two-minute warning, made this a 31-21 to contest, giving Seattle their sixth win of the year. Interesting thing about Kenneth Walker, he is the first Seattle running back to have five straight games with 50-plus yards since Sean Alexander did in 06-07. That means Marshawn Lynch never did that's that. That's wild. That, that, I read that, and that's mind-blowing. Uh, Kenneth Walker's that dude. Oh, yeah, he's a stud. If you don't have him, get him. 
let's move along. Let's stay out west. I'm sorry. Nope. We're going to go with an out west team, but we're going to go east to Raymond James Stadium, where Tom Brady set a couple of records with a 16 to 13 victory over the lowly Rams. Brady went over 100,000 passing yards combined regular season and postseason. The next closest to him is Drew Brees, and I don't have the exact number, but it's about 85,000. I believe Aaron Rodgers is the only active starting quarterback that's anywhere close, and he's about seven 5,000-yard seasons, maybe eight 5,000-yard seasons away. My math's a little fuzzy. Um, but interesting fact, Brady only gets to keep 50,000 of those passing yards because Florida is a community property state, and Giselle gets half of everything Brady has. Tom Brady also has the most game-winning drives at 55 as he broke a tie with Peyton Manning. And he also has the most fourth quarter comebacks in NFL history with 47. The Rams look terrible. I mean, it's, it's Cooper copper or nothing. I, I, I personally, the only thing I want to talk about in this game is Kate Otten looks really good as a rookie, as a rookie tight end. Um, If Cameron Brady's continuing to be out, you may find him on your waiver wire. And I do believe he's worth an ad. We know Brady's history with tight ends. I'll be honest, I have nothing to add moving forward on this game. This was a terrible game, and I'm glad I didn't watch it. And it was on so, primetime TV, and I still didn't watch it. So what you're saying is Kate Otten is about 10 to 12 years away from being the WWE 24-7 champion? Uh, possibly. Or he's going to kill somebody. All right, cool. Got it. Um, Brady threw a one-yard pass to Otten with nine seconds remaining to give Tampa Bay the lead. They were down a lot. This was a, what is it, 13-6 to six game going into the fourth quarter. And, I mean, the Rams look terrible, but Tom Brady hasn't looked great either. Um, I, I, I meant to look this up, and I'll be honest, I completely forgot with everything I have going on. I'm very curious to know how many seasons a Super Bowl winning team does not make the playoffs the following year. Yeah, I saw a stat on this. I believe it's like a third of the time. It's oh. a little it's a little ridiculous, but another thing that's ridiculous is the Rams had the football fourth and six on their own. I'm sorry, Tampa Bay had the football fourth and six, fourth and goal on the Rams six yard line, and he missed Mike Evans to turn the football over. 157 remaining, the Rams could only take off a minute off the clock after Tampa Bay used two timeouts, and then the Rams had to use a timeout. And punted the football with 54 seconds left. Tom Brady took the ball over on the 40-yard line and promptly found Otten for 28 yards and a spike to put it in the Rams 32. And yeah, Tom Brady completed one, two, three, four, five out of six passes. And he was really five out of five because it was defensive pass interference on the one he missed Mike Evans on. They'd put the football at the one-yard line where he found Otten with nine seconds remaining. So there you have it. Also, Cooper Cup fumbled uh, with no time left, although it was kind of one of those we're lateral used to games. Him fumble. Didn't he fumble twice? In the- well, it, 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 it was schoolyard football. It was a lateral thing. But there's not really a lot more to cover from this one, other than the fact both teams sucked. Tom Brady, 36 I'm- for 58, 280 and a score. Both teams suck, but one of these teams are first in the division, which makes no sense. Neither of these teams could run the football. Tampa didn't even get 50 yards. Darrell Henderson for the Rams, 12 for 56, and he was it. Cooper Cup, eight catches, 127 and a score. So, you know, that's not abnormal. Uh, 
Matt Stafford, 13 for 27, 165, and a score. Rams suck. Yep. This is this is a Super Bowl hangover, and yeah, let's move hey, along. They to got the, their ring, though. The sure. That... I mean, yeah, silver linings are what they are. Um, I did have one. I'll get to that later. Let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tennessee Titans. This was our oh Sunday night my football game God. from Arrowhead Stadium. What are you? Oh, my God, Dan. So I didn't realize Mahomes threw the ball 68 times. Yeah, he threw the football a lot. Um, I'm not going to lie. I was at work and I fell asleep. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. You probably shouldn't. You probably shouldn't admit the, the second part of that. I mean, I didn't fall asleep, but. 43 for 68, 446, one TD, one interception. He added 63 yards and a score on the ground. Patrick Mahomes was busy. Uh, Travis Kelsey, 17 targets, 10 catches, 106 yards. Uh, Hardman, as my page just starts skipping around, six catches, 79 yards, and a score. Kansas City, if your name wasn't Patrick Mahomes, ran the football 12 times for 14 yards nuts that's that's insane i knew this game was good but i didn't realize it was that good um malik willis five for 16 80 yards so there was that um but derrick henry 17 for 115 and two scores the leading receiver for the titans was i'm not going to pronounce his name right chagosium oconquo one, three targets, one catch, 48 yards. Half of Wallace's passing yards. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't know. Like, I, I know Tannehill's hurt. Um, either Malik Willis really can't throw the ball, and he should legitimately shift to running back, or they need to try to figure something out offensively for him if he's going to have to play another week because this offense looked terrible to watch. It was Derrick Henry or bust. Well, speaking of Derrick Henry, he was held to just 23 yards in the second half. And, or bust. And Kansas City scored 17 unanswered points, including a Harrison Bucker 28-yard field goal to win this football game with 404 left in OT. Let's move on to Patrick Mahomes and talk about his day. He is the first quarterback in the Super Bowl era with 400-plus passing yards and a 60-yard rush in the same game. Justin Fields almost had that. Or was, well, I'm sorry, was 60-plus rushing yards in the same game. Justin Fields almost had that this week as well. So kind of weird that we saw two quarterbacks almost pull that one off in the same week. Kansas this City is absolutely insane. Just 43 for 68. Like, like that's like 68 passes is a good month for some Chiefs quarterbacks a few decades ago. I mean, I don't know if Malik Willis throws 68 passes this whole season, and he started two games. I mean, he only threw for 15 this week, so no, no, no. I know. I mean, like the whole season combined, like projecting going forward. Like... No, I got it. I got it. But he only threw 15 this week, so that's what 15 th- four weeks. Of production right there, four and a half. So we'll see. Uh, the Chiefs improved to six and two. Tennessee falls to five and three. Neither team is out of their division race at all. Tennessee will host Denver this week, and Kansas City will host Jacksonville. So Kansas City's looking at seven and two going forward. Let's talk about a team that probably has their division wrapped up. 
but nothing's for certain in the NFL. And that's the Baltimore Ravens. Your Ravens played their one. This is the only game they will play in 23 days. Thanks to a Thursday night football game, a bye week, and then a following Monday night football game. So, yeah, and they need to get healthy, and this comes at a great time for them. 27 to 13 was the score on Monday night in New Orleans, and this game didn't look to be all that close as the Red Rocket may be out of fuel. I mean, I've I've never been an Andy Dalton fan. You know this. I just think he's a, a game manager worse than Mac Jones. Maybe he's not as bad as Mac Jones. Um, but <clears throat> I mean, they could do. They could get New Orleans could get nothing started offensively, and Lamar didn't really have to do much. Um, to be completely honest with you, here this game was very wasn't even very fun to watch. I can't lie. Well, let's look at some of these stats. Lamar Jackson, 12 for 22, 133 and a score. He did look off for a good chunk of the game. I don't understand how you can be sacked three times for only two yards. That that The math doesn't add up there. But he did add 11 carries for 82 yards. Kenyon Drake, 24 carries, 93 yards and two scores. He also added two catches for 16 yards through the air. The lead. This is the third or fourth team this week where the leading receiver got all of their yards on one on one catch. Isaiah likely it was a it was a touchdown five, catch too. Five catches, or I'm sorry, five targets, one catch, 24 yards, and it was a touchdown. I don't feel like likely was targeted five times watching this game. I feel like probably a four. lot of those were throwaways. Yeah, um, I mean he he did pass the ball to ten different receivers. Nobody had more than two catches. No. It was like I said, it wasn't a fun game to watch, to be completely honest. I heard a lot of Joe Buck and Troy Aikman try to make Lamar Jackson sound like he was playing a better game than what he was. Uh, Andy Dalton, for all of our Hemmen and Hahn, didn't play terrible. 19 for 29, 210, a TD and a pick. He added five yards on the ground. Uh, Alvin Kamara, nine for 30 on the ground, three for 32 through the air. Uh, Chris Olave, he he's going to be a star in this league. Nine targets, six catches, 71 yards. Juwan Johnson had the only touchdown through the air for the Saints. And that and was a, just a that. mental. That was a. Did you see that touchdown? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a mental mistake on the Ravens' defensive part. I mean, just simply like letting him go. Yeah, like I mean. It worked for me. It actually won me a fantasy league because he I wasn't playing Jawan Johnson, but I was playing against the Ravens defense and them giving up that touchdown dropped their points by two and I won by point five seven. So a garbage time touchdown with four that that was a a forty one yard catch with four thirteen left to make this a fourteen point game. The score was not that not close. close. Yeah, not at all. This was never um, really a four a fourteen point game. Baltimore keeps pace and keeps the lead in the AFC North. They improved to six and three. New Orleans drops to three and six. Baltimore is on a bye, and I believe New Orleans will go to Pittsburgh. So that has the chance to be a stinker game of the week. I did have one saved round. Minnesota, as we look, as we can take a look at the standings, Minnesota holds a four and a half game lead in the AF and the NFC North over the Bears and the Packers. This the largest divisional lead a team has held since week nine of 2011 when San Francisco had a five game lead. 
they pretty much have this division wrapped up. The Eagles are plus two over the Cowboys and the Giants. The Falcons and Bucks are tied. They are a game ahead of the Saints, who at three and six are not out. Hell, Carolina's at two and seven and not out of this division. Seattle has a two-game lead on the Niners, who six and three to four and four there. Baltimore has a one-game lead over Cincinnati at five and four and a three-game lead over Cleveland at three and five. <laughs> Kansas City holds a one game lead over the Chargers, six and two to five and three. Tennessee has a, I guess we call this a game and a half because of the tie lead over the Titans, five and three to five, three and one. Jacksonville is not out of it. They sit at five and six. And then you have the AFC East. The Eastern divisions have no right to be this good at all. The AFC East has all of their teams above 500. Buffalo's at six and two. Miami and the Jets are at six and three. And the Patriots are at five and four. In the NFC East, the Eagles are eight and oh. The Cowboys and the Giants are at six and two. And the Commanders are at four and five. That's ridiculous. And the Commanders could have easily been five and five. To, could have been five and four to stay above. All right, let's move along to our picks of this week. To recap, I had the totals wrong because I misprinted a game. I was nine and four. Dan, you, it's still your best week ever. You were ten and three. You, I now sit, I believe, yes, that, and I got to do the math again because that's not right. I am five games up on you now on the on the overall. Our games of the week, I had the Jets and Buffalo. We both picked Buffalo. We were both. Very wrong. You had New Orleans and Baltimore. We both picked Baltimore. We were very right on that one. So are we going to flip-flop any games this week? Because we have several of them that are different. I don't know. We'll just have to – we'll see here. We got we got three games different again this week, just like last week. So Yeah, we'll see if any of those change. Atlanta will go to Carolina. We both picked Atlanta. I really want to change it if Baker starts, but that's just the idiot. I'll let you. I'll let you. I'll no, let you no, change no, it no. if Baker no, starts. No, 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 no. It's fine. It's already in ESPN. I'm good. Plus, that's happening tonight, so we're good. Tampa is going to host Seattle. And Gino, we trust. I'm breaking a cardinal rule this week because I'm betting against Green Bay. I'm betting against Aaron Rodgers. I'm betting against Tom Brady but I am keeping Patrick Mahomes. We both take Seattle. In one of the games we have switched, Buffalo and Minnesota. I'm hoping Josh Allen starts because he's my fantasy quarterback. You have Minnesota. Josh Allen's the reason, yeah? Yeah, I just can't trust the UCL injury. And also, if Josh Allen does play, I mean, Minnesota does look like a good football team, so they could win. Detroit is going to Chicago. Why did we pick Chicago? Is it Justin Fields? It, I mean, it, literally, I sat here and I looked at that game and I was like, I don't know if I can bet against Justin Fields right now. He's playing so good and this Detroit defense is terrible. I'll tell you what, we are going to have a different uh, four different games this week. But we'll get there in a minute. Kansas City is going to host Jacksonville. This is a no-brainer of the week. Watch Jacksonville win. But we both pick Kansas City. Miami is going to host Cleveland. Call me crazy. But You're crazy. The the, the Cleveland defensive line against that makeshift offensive line that's already got Tua hurt twice. I think you're a little too high on your guys' defensive lines at this point. I got to be honest with you, Ed. I mean, Miles Garrett, I, I'm i sorry. Nope, not until that guy retires, then I'll admit I'm wrong. Uh, the Giants are going to host Houston. This is another no-brainer game of the week, so Houston's going to win I'm this gonna one. Win. Exactly. Uh, the... 
we are different on this one as well. Denver is going to host the Tennessee. I'm sorry. Tennessee is going to host Denver. I got Tennessee. Why'd you pick Denver? Um, Denver's coming off a bye. I don't think this Tennessee team's good. I'm also kind of hoping that Malik Willis plays. Because if Malik Willis plays, there's absolutely no way Tennessee wins this game. Say it. Say I it. Mean, no, no, no. Say, say what I want you to say. country. Let's ride. There you go. Uh, New Orleans goes to Pittsburgh. That's going to be a stinker game of the week. And I believe that may be a nationally televised early game. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to sit through that one. I believe. Oh God. I can't believe I'm about to do this. You're picking Pittsburgh. Why? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not picking Pittsburgh. Anyway, the Raiders are going to host the Indianapolis Colts and Jeff Saturday's coaching debut. We both picked the Raiders. Somebody's Why? Somebody's got to win this football game, and you always take the home team when it's a toss-up. I'm taking Indianapolis. I'm flipping. Fair enough. Dallas is going to Green Bay. We both picked Dallas, and I'm re- I just don't trust Aaron Rodgers at this point. I'm not flipping on the Indy game. The Rams are going to host Arizona. You picked Arizona. Is it a double XP weekend? I don't know. I'm Check that out right just... now before we finalize that pick. On the Sunday night football game, the Chargers are going to San Francisco. I picked the Chargers. You picked San Francisco. Really hoping that this is a bounce back game for the Chargers and they play better. And then in the Monday night game, Washington will host. I'm sorry, will go to Philadelphia. And we both have the Eagles going nine and oh. So far, I am 80 and 55 on the year. Dan. You are 75 and 60. No double XP weekend. All right. So there you have it. Uh, Just a few things you can look forward coming up from us. We are very much in the research stage of this, but I am in the process of getting all of the stats and ranking every sports franchise of the four majors going on. And we're going off a history, off their recency, how well they look, what their future could be how good their stadiums are. We got uh, 23 different, I'm sorry, we have 20 different criteria that we are going to be sorting for these teams, generating a, I guess, metric or a rank, and then we're going to rank them. So far, I got about a quarter of the way through the NFL, and I am mapping out every all-star team by franchise. I am up to 1976. I have 10 years I have to track down before then. And some of these are pretty eye-opening. For example... Of what I have, the Yankees only have two years where they only had one all-star, and that was in 1971 and 1972. Every other year since 1933, with the data I have, I'm missing 53 through 56, 58, and two of the World War years, and a few of them at the end of the 50s, or at the end of the 40s. Uh, That's ridiculous that the Yankees have always had at least two good players on their team. You're also going to get eventually a hockey show, but I'm putting that off as far as I can as the blues have lost eight in a row and looked bad doing it. Um, Other than that, that's pretty much all you're going to get from us. Dan, you got anything? Um, Next week's show will most likely be early as I am leaving to get married next Thursday. So the schedule may be a little weird here coming up, but we're going to get some stuff out as we can. Well, fantastic. All right, guys, that's going to be it from us. As always, we'd like to thank you all for listening. And just remember, if your team's not doing so hot, it can always be the players to be named later who can make it 
better. See ya!